Hello, this is the Tribe Stories, the curated sermons, conversations, and collections of poetry of the Tribe Lagos. The Tribe Lagos is a gospel expression based in the city of Lagos, committed to reaching the next generation with the message of God's love and grace. May this refresh and revive you as you listen. Hi everyone, welcome to yet another edition of Tribe Stories. Um, you know, every once in a while we come in with um, to have conversations and today I'm not alone. I have a beautiful friend with me here, Ini. Uh, Ini, hi. Hi. <laughs> now guys, guess what? Ini got in here a little late. Um, <laughs> but of course, we're talking about the power of forgiveness and Ini had to, you know, you told me about uh, coming here and the accident, you know. Um, mm. How was it easy for you and Femi to forgive? Well, well, that was, was, was hard, but at the end of the day, two things you have to think about. Is it worth it? And um, so keep holding on and keep being angry. And at the end of the day, it takes a while, though, especially when someone hits your car and you didn't plan for the expenses. But after a while, yeah, you will let go. You know, the interesting part is when it, when it comes to forgiveness, there's a lot of um, emotions involved for a lot of people. Um, you, you trusted somebody and you were betrayed. Uh, but just the whole forgiveness story is a difficult one. Um, and I know you've personally walked a journey and you have a story that you shared with us the other day and it was so powerful. I mean, everybody was just breaking out and crying and just like, God. <laughs> and it was easy for you to forgive. Are no, you there yet? Well, I, I would say that I'm I'm still not 100% if I was to put it on a scale. I think I would say I'm like... 88% there right now because I can tell you I will be honest with you I can tell you that I'm 100% there but yeah I'm 88% there and no it wasn't easy it wasn't easy to forgive it wasn't Could you just tell us um, um, when you were maybe 20% and now that this is 80% what's the difference do you notice any difference um, within you growing in forgiveness oh yes yes a huge tremendous difference um, when I was 20% there, well, if there was anything, <laughs> for one, I didn't even know I was there, 20%. But then I was, <sighs> let me see. The difference between then and now is that I am able to love more. Because when I fell into this whole, how would I call it now, this whole um, drama of you know being ang- angry and being bitter, I was... I didn't realize that I had become a person that couldn't love so easily like that because the truth is you can't give what you don't have and what you feed yourself with daily what you remember daily what you focus on daily is what you would eventually begin to turn out to people and so but now and then then I I I didn't really have peace of mind this is to be honest and to be very frank with you the peace wasn't there I thought it was, but it wasn't. Well, I, well, I won't say I thought it was, to be honest with you, I knew it wasn't there. So I was walking about in a facade of just pretending that I was okay, but I wasn't. Not only because of what I had been through, but because I was just angry. I was just very bitter. I was just upset. And then I was afraid constantly. I was afraid that, you know, even though the Bible has said that affliction will arise a second time, but I was afraid that this would happen again. I walked around in fear of just thinking, Ugh, if I enter this bus now, would the same thing happen to me? I don't even know if this is a one-chance bus. I don't know. Have you ever heard of one-chance bus before? We know one-chance bus in Lagos. <laughs> Crazy. 
crazy. It's not a funny thing, but it's, it's crazy. And you know, if I walk into a place, I, I can categorically tell you the number of men that are in a room, that are in a building, that are in, you know, I can just, my I, I don't like maths, but my eyes do a quick scan of everybody. I can tell you the number of men that are there. But then now, it's, it's, it's almost like as if I don't notice these things anymore. You know, it's not like I'm not afraid. The fear is still there sometimes, sometimes because I'm human. But then every now and again, every now and again, I have to catch myself. I remember that, hey, God has my back. But then um, the fear isn't there anymore like that. Um, I have more peace and I'm able to love freely now. Like I noticed that I had become a person who used to complain a lot, who was just always getting upset, very impatient, very, very, and who had become so self-absorbed self-absorbed in the sense that I would just be thinking you don't even know what I'm going through so just leave me I don't want to be concerned with what you're going through I don't want to be concerned with your problems I don't want to be concerned with what you need I just I'm just not okay right now you know so I need to think about me even though that is important for you to think about yourself but then there's a thin line between self-love and you know selfishness so yeah but now the difference is that now that I've I've gotten to the level of 88% of forgiveness, I've noticed that there is a huge difference. A huge difference in all my relationships, my family, my love life, my relationships with people that I meet on a regular basis, you know, random people. Mm -hmm. I've noticed that I'm able to sleep better. I've noticed that there is there is peace. I'm walking around, I'm not afraid, but then my mind is focused on other things. That's another thing too. So yeah. There, there's, there's this powerful quote I stumbled on. It says that forgiveness is unlocking the door to set someone free and realizing you were the prisoner. Exactly. And for, you know, you, you, your story is one that I think a lot of people may have experienced, but we live in a very fast, maybe conservative or, you know, judgmental society. And very. people say, it's your fault this happened. Mm -hmm. Now, um, there's the level of also um, forgiving God. Um, you know, I, I've, I've met people who tell you things like, I trusted God. God was supposed to be my father to protect me, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and He allowed this to happen to me. Yeah, and um, and they shut their their heart away from anything, God. But how did you work away from all of that and process this whole feeling? But trusting God that He will take you through everything and He will bring you out stronger. Okay, for one, I always say this that sometimes. <clears throat> We I didn't always even say, go into your story. Is it okay to go into it? No, it's okay. It's fine. Okay, okay. I always say that whenever you go through something, how you come out of it depends on your mindset before you went into it. Mm. Because um, as a Christian, how you come out of things always depends on your grounding and your foundation and your relationship with God before you went into it. Because trust me, it is what will hold you when you come out of whatever it is that you've gone into. It won't be easy. It's always easier said than done, but it will help you. And oftentimes they say things like the, the crisis would help you to know where you're rooted. Where mm, you're rooted exactly. Rooted in in a nutshell, things. that's it. Yes. So um, when, I, when I went through, okay, so um, my story in a nutshell is that I was raped. Um, this was about three years ago. And my whole life just, you know, it, it went upside down. My whole life was changed like drastically i never for one day had thought that that would happen to me and when it did i went through phases and that's another thing when you go through things in life you have to you can't cheat the process you have to go through the phases you there are stages there are phases you have to go through everything i tried to i tried to cheat the process of <clears throat> sorry i tried to cheat the phase of denial 
I tried to cheat the phase of asking God why me, the anger phase. I wanted to jump to to jump through to the phase of I'm gonna be alright, I'm gonna be okay, let me pick myself up now. But the thing is you have to go. You're human, it has to happen, you have to go through the phase. It's not let nobody tell you that being here is not allowed it's allowed it's allowed for you to cry crying is a cleansing process being in that self-pity stage is a cleansing process only thing is that when you're there don't sit down and dwell and set up house there pick up yourself after a while and move on so anyway how i was able to get through was um the relationship i had with god before all of this happened when i went through this whole process when i got raped i i couldn't i couldn't pray I couldn't do anything. After a while, my siblings would take me to church. They would say, you're not staying at home alone. You're coming to church with us. We will go to church. I'll get to church. I'd be sitting down looking because to talk, I would just, you know, it wasn't easy for me to talk or say anything. If you tell me any good morning, if I say good morning to you, I just start crying. So I was just always quiet. But then um, what helped me was in my little quiet times when I was alone, the times that I got to be alone, and I was alone a lot, scriptures that I had read before would come back to me just one line and I would just hold on to it I would hold on, hold on to it for a week hold on to it for two weeks for days sometimes a particular song that I've sung probably how many years ago would just come maybe one line and I would just hold on to it I couldn't pray but two words two for two years for two years I could only say two words God please God, please, because there's, there are some times that I will go through phases, dark phases, and I would just, when I say dark phases, I just mean the times when the pain was just so much, and I was just so angry that why did this happen to me, and the only thing I could just say was God, please, but then that was how I was able to get through it, and I would tell you that I couldn't pray, I couldn't read my Bible, but God was still speaking to me, because I remember that there was a morning, a particular morning, I was staring outside my window, and... I wasn't thinking about anything in particular. It was one of the many nights that I couldn't sleep. And so I had been awake and I was watching the sunrise. And God told me, he said, can you see the sun coming up? And I said, yes. And he said, so long as the sun rises every morning, you'll be fine. So that was how I was able to get through it. Um, my life before it happened, I would say my spiritual life before it happened, helped me even through the times when I couldn't even still be a, what would I call it now? A, a grounded a, yes exactly okay you know th th there's one thing to um you know you have a good a story that you've taken the pain and you've made the pain into a message and today you have a stronger voice i mean mm. we're all like just hearing you walk through that and just listening to you it's always virtue you just know that someone has gone through something but the interpretation you're giving to that but there's mm. still the other side of the which is the memory Mm -hmm. And for some people, that is a harder part. Yes. Uh, some will say, I, I try to forgive, but can I ever forget? Mm. Um, how are you dealing with the memory? Okay. The memory is like a book. Sometimes you don't want to read it. Sometimes. Okay. When you read a book, images from the book, sometimes the images that you formed in your head about the characters, they come to you. Sometimes, even when you're praying, sometimes even when you're doing other stuff, you want to banish it from your head and be like, no, no, that's not what I should be doing right now. Let me focus on this. And sometimes you just allow yourself to daydream. That's how the memories are. So how I deal with it is, I, <clears throat> I learned how to deal with it because before, when memories from this incident come to me, I decide to just, I push it to the back of my mind. For two years, that's how I was dealing with it until 
God made me to understand that you just have to, you have to read that book again, read it, go through it, remember everything and put it on the shelf. Now for some people, what I've, what I've come to understand is that for some people it doesn't happen that way because not everybody's experiences are the same. For some people, these memories never go away. For some people, these memories, they come back as vividly like it happened yesterday. It still happens to me sometimes. But here's what I would say. At some point in your life, you have to focus on one thing. So the more you focus on the memories, the more they will be there. The more you pay attention and focus on God, that would displace the memories in your head. That's how I've been able to deal with it. That's what I've learned over time. And that's what's been working for me. So instead of focusing on the bitterness, on the pain, on the memories, on the scars, on the fact that this actually did happen, maybe you should start feeding your mind on something else, something more worthwhile, something like God. And, you know, and, and that would actually help. It will help to displace the memories. It won't happen in a flash, to be honest with you. It won't happen in a day. It may not happen in a month. But over time, you would realize that it has actually happened. You know, I, I love the what you're saying, being able to choose your memory and mm. knowing that I will put my focus not where the mm -hmm. problem is, yes. not the painful part, but I will put my focus on God. Yes. And there was something else I, I read and he said, um, when something bad happens, you have three choices. You can either let it define you, Yes. you can either let it destroy you. Yes or you can actually let it strengthen you. Yes. And you've allowed your experiences to strengthen you. Mm -hmm. But then again, I know you have very loving and supportive family. Oh, very, <laughs> extremely. You have an amazing boyfriend. Yes. I mean, standing with you, sharing your story and giving you all the encouragement. Yes. For someone who has gone through a similar experience, but not having an understanding family or a support system, what do they do? How do they go through this? Okay, so let me, let me let you in on one secret. <clears throat> I don't have all the answers. <laughs> well, that's not a secret. <laughs> but the truth is that um, as loving as and as supportive as my family has been, they, they weren't the ones that helped me. They couldn't help me. They could not help me. I repeat, they could not help me. What helped me was God. Who helped me was God. Because at a point... I wasn't even talking to anybody at a point. I wasn't even opening up. I couldn't, I couldn't even, if I wanted to describe to you what was going on, the truth is you could listen to me. You could cry. You could listen and be there, but you wouldn't be able to help me. What helped me, what, what, what took me through the whole season until now is God. So I would tell anybody that anybody that feels, Oh, I don't have a loving and supportive family. I don't have friends. or I don't have a boyfriend. It's going to help me. Focus, fix your eyes on the author and finisher of your life because God has your blueprint. Mm -hmm. God will help you through it. Only God, trust me. It's it's almost like as if this is like it, I feel like if the devil knew any better, he wouldn't have he wouldn't have tried this. Because this is like a magnet between myself and God mm -hmm. now. Yes, it is. So it, it so, yeah. so powerful because people at some point you have to stop and stop beating yourself over and over again mm -hmm. and just mm -hmm. allow God to assess you because he's standing there he's knocking yes, and yes. he's with you through it all and he's not going away and even when everyone is maybe they have their lives to cater to so they'll be there to support but exactly. the point will come, you'll be alone exactly. and, and you know choosing those thoughts that can reinforce God and encourage you it's something that I think everyone has to keep in mind but um, we're closing in a bit but I think if there's somebody out there who has 
walk through this journey of rape. Nobody to talk to. And it's still living, maybe in denial, or in, in has allowed this to define who they are. That uh, they, they feel that they're living and dealing with the trauma. Um, I'd like us to say prayer for them. But before we get into the prayer, maybe your, your, your concluding thoughts on how in a society like Nigeria where they, they want to hide it for the shame of saying, this is my story. Hmm. And not knowing that in the testimony is their victory. And that thing which they are trying to sweep and bury under shallow graves would help them more than anything else to, to empower them. So what would be your thoughts to these people um, to, to once again open up themselves to God? What would be your thoughts? Okay, two things I'm going to say very quickly. First off, um, you would be asking why me? Why did this happen to me? I mean, my life was perfect. Well, it wasn't so perfect, but it was okay. I have been praying. I've been faithful. You know, even if I haven't, you know, I've just been okay. I haven't done anything to deserve this. Mm. Why did God let this happen to me? I mean, even when it was happening and when it's been happening, I was praying. I called on the name of Jesus. I called on the blood of Jesus and nothing saved me. Nothing happened. Here's what I would say. When Jeremiah was in prison, if you read Jeremiah chapter 32, just go read the whole of Jeremiah 32. You'd see that God told him, he, God told him that my people, my people have sinned. They've defiled this land. So I've allowed the Chaldeans to come and, you know, destroy it. And I've allowed them to come and overtake it, capture it and burn down everything. Now, this is not to say that you were not a faithful servant of God before mm. this happened to you. No, this did not happen to you because of any sin you committed. No, because it's, the truth is, yes, yes, I you need you to understand wrong. you didn't do anything wrong. Because when Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sin, you were not even thought about. Like your name was not even in the picture you yet. You have to, to forgive yourself. Yes, you have to learn to forgive yourself. It's not because of anything that you did. Now, God only, when God told Jeremiah that, he told him, I've allowed the Chaldeans to come and destroy the land, burn down everything. But then look, I am doing a new thing in this place because I want to bring my people back here. So now that tells you that God allowed you to go through it because he knew that you would go through the fire and come out not just through the fire, but with fire as well. That's why God allowed it to happen because he knew that you'll come out a better person if you allow him to work on you. You will come out a person with fire that will go about spreading the testimony, the goodness, and the name of God. That's why God allowed you to come out of it. That's why God allowed it to happen. Because God just knew that you, you're not just going to come out of it. He wasn't just sure and confident in you coming out of it. Because you will. But he was confident that you will come out of it. And then he would also bless you. Hmm. And then you would also be a force to be reckoned with. Do you understand? These are, these are powerful words, you know. So yeah, that's that. That's one thing I just want to put out there. Mm. And the second thing is that I need you to understand that this place that you're in, this place, in Jeremiah chapter thirty-two, yes, chapter thirty-two. Oh, sorry, this this yes, Jeremiah chapter thirty-two, no, chapter thirty-one, mm. the first few verses. God says, God told Jeremiah that those who survived the sword have found favor in the wilderness. Now, let me tell you this, this place that you're in, the sword is rape, is molestation, whatever it is that has caused you to be in this wilderness. This wilderness is the place of pain, the place of anger, the place of bitterness. And imagine that God has chosen to give you favor and blessings in this place. So just know that there is something greater after this pain. 
because mm. immediately after he says that he said for i have loved you with an everlasting love not only has god already favored you in this place of pain this place of turmoil this place of toiling he has also promised that he will love you forever regardless of whatever happens so all i would just say is focus on god and mm. read the word surround yourself with things that would help you that would you know don't feed yourself with it's hard and it's very easy it's very sweet to focus on the bitterness trust me it's very easy to focus and fall back every single time and be angry but it's not worth it it will make you tired it will make you sad your life will you have to forward. take your life back again. yes you have to fight it's all in your mind you have to fight you have to fight for your mind the Bible says work out your salvation if you're in trembling and the righteous what's what's that verse what's that verse that you have you have to be violent you have to get angry you know, there are two other two other scriptures that comes to mind one of them is cast down every negative imagination yes. there is a place where you have to choose your thoughts yes. and you also you know flee away from every thought every appearance you know and you you, you spoke about choosing your thoughts i remember mm. there was a story we read about humans of new york yes. in, in this case the guy was raped by his uncle so you know it's one thing for a lady to do with rape this is a guy mm. he was raped by his uncle and later he was talking about him now uh struggling with same-sex attraction and you know one point that we thought about was you you know are you allowing your rape to define you mm. in a sense that you have a place to choose really mm -hmm. but let's flip it okay let's flip it for maybe there's somebody out there who has raped someone you know there's one side to be the to to to, to be the victim if you're on the other side what can they I mean and they're dealing with the shame and the, they're dealing with the the guilt of do you have any words for those people yes I do I do and it's amazing that you asked me this question I don't know <laughs> it's I, much I harder so, yes. because so yes. you say they're undeserving of no, mercy of, no of, let me tell you something recently I was praying I decided to take a, a whole week to pray for people who were burdened with emotional brokenness and had been through rape and are still going through it and you know the Holy Spirit asked me to pray for people who are the rapists that was hard for me I said God I said mm. God and he said do you mean to tell me that you haven't forgiven I said you know what <laughs> but anyway this is what I would tell you if you've ever raped anybody before if you've ever been a rapist as much as these people are praying to be able to forgive you you need to be able to forgive yourself and the only place you would find peace the only place you would is at the feet and at the foot of God and you know what when you find that peace go about proclaiming the name of Jesus because look at Saul Saul was a murderer and he became Paul so tell me that Saul did not live through shame and God of killing people and God forgave him completely. yes because the truth is nobody is perfect no sin is smaller than any sin in God's eyes everything is equal so I would just say forgive yourself and find peace at the throne of, you throne know, of grace I, I, before we pray this scripture Matthew 18 21 uh, uh, then Peter came to him and asked Lord how often should I forgive someone who sins against mm. me um, seven times no, Jesus replied, 70 times 7. Yes. Now, now here is a very interesting scripture that Jesus Christ, I, I don't know that there are enough hours in the day to use up 70 times 7. And there so, aren't. No, no one, but for Christians, we are called to a life that would always choose to forgive, not revenge. Yes. That would always choose mercy over justice, to always choose to see the best in people that God can reach out to them yes. and call them out. Yes. I want us to say a prayer for those who have been violated and those who violated people. 
that they will truly come to a place of salvation, a place of healing and hope in God. Any your prayers. Father, we thank you for each and every person listening to this podcast. We thank you for each and every person who has been violated one way or the other, in any way, man, woman, child. We pray for anybody who is still being violated. We ask, oh God, for deliverance. Deliverance of the heart, deliverance of the spirit, deliverance of the mind. We ask, oh God, that your spirit would take charge and overwhelm, saturate the minds of these people. We ask, oh God, that you take over, oh God, the minds and the spirit and the souls and the bodies. We ask, oh God, that for every time we touch our skin or we move around and we feel the scars and we feel the touches of those who have violated us, oh God, we ask that you give us a healing balm. We ask, oh God, that you give us new skin as you are making us new beings again. Because you have said that we are born again, not by our own might, oh God, not by our own power, but by your spirit. We ask, oh God, that you give us new skin, new beings, oh God, for you have said that we have this heavenly treasure in this earthen jar of clay. We ask, oh God, that you place that memory within us, oh God. We ask that for each and every time, oh God, that we remember these things, each and every moment that we are unable to pray, each and every moment that we press the heels of our palms against our chest, each and every moment that we are on the floor begging, oh God, for 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 deliverance, begging, oh God, for someone to help. We ask, oh God, that at that moment, may your peace, may your peace that surpasses all understanding flood our beings, oh God. Amen. We ask, oh God, that may your blood mark us on our on our foreheads. May your blood wash us clean. May we feel the cleansing from the inside out, oh Amen. God. And we ask, oh God, that for, for every single time that we go back in memory, go back in time and relive these nightmares, that you give us the grace to set our eyes on you, the Amen. author and the finisher of our lives and of our fates. We ask, oh God, that for every person, oh God, who has ever been on the other side, for every person who has ever been a rapist or is still a rapist we ask oh god for deliverance we ask oh god that these ones you take charge and arrest these ones arrest their lives arrest their spirits oh god and use them for your glory we ask oh god that every person who is who has been violated or is being violated oh god that their testimonies will begin to come forth testimonies of deliverance testimonies of peace testimonies of love we ask oh god that may your love May your love be the banner that will cover each and every one of them, oh God. Thank you for answering our prayers. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Ni. And uh, I know we're still going to have you come back and share. There's so much God is um, going to use you to do. And he's always said, I I see it clearly. And everyone who is spiritual enough will know that you're coming into your own in God. And there are many people out there who are waiting to hear you, who can be liberated from your experiences and your story. Thank you so much. You're welcome. (laughs) All right. Uh, Thank you. Thank you for having me. (laughs) You can log on to thetribelagos.com or email us at hello at thetribelagos.com. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter on The Tribe Lagos. God bless.